I think it's fair to say that everyone knows there's a hell of a lot more to Africa than what Bono from U2 has to say. I have my own fascination with South Africa. My partner was born and raised there. But experiencing the home of Nelson Mandela through the lens of someone whose childhood was spent there, supplemented by related pop culture like Bryce Courtney's The Power of One, Neil Blomkamp's District 9, and Invictus, isn't as illuminating as you might think. I think it's better to go straight to the source, or rather, a particular source rooted here in Canada. Join me this episode for a trip to the deeply beautiful and deeply complicated country of South Africa on the expats. Welcome to the Expats Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhardt, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Anna Grimsrud sought a life and experience outside of Canada and outside of her comfort zone when she finished university. She wound up in South Africa, where she's lived for about 10 years and even started a family there with her husband, himself, a New Zealand expat. So when I finished undergrad, I decided that I wanted to go travel, which I think is a pretty generic response of like recent Canadian grads. Um... But I really didn't want to just travel because I think that a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to go travel and I'm going to figure out what I want to do. And I was like, if I just go travel, all I'm going to figure out is that I want to go travel. (laughs) Like it's not really going to help me do the next thing. I'm just going to come back with like less money. Um, And so I kind of tried to set up a more organized trip. And so I came to South Africa to do some research with with a professor here who I knew I had a connection with, with through someone in Canada. Um, and so I kind of came as an international affiliate to the university to do some, some work, some research, and then travel around in the region. Um, and it was during that time that I learned a lot about South Africa and uh, met my now husband and realized that that would also be a great place to come back and do a master's in public health. Um, so it all kind of came together for me. So how long have you been living in South Africa now? I've been here since 2005, so about a decade. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty long time. Yeah, it's also long because, you know, I I realized that most of my my only adult life in Canada was actually as an undergraduate student, which is probably not an accurate representation of adult life. (laughs) And everything post that has been in Cape Town. Okay, so how how different is South Africa? Because it's got this, you know, amazing and 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 storied history, uh, and when you compare that to what happens in Canada, it, it feels like uh, apples and some kind of fruit I've never heard of before. <laughs> um, I mean, I live in Cape Town, which is a very like metropolitan city. I, I would say it's one of like the world's great cities, and Cape Town has a lot of European influence. Um, and so, in many ways, Cape Town is not that different. Um, 
it's not, I'm not in many ways like living in deepest, darkest Africa, but I think in the same way people make generalizations about um, Canada, they can make generalizations about Africa as a continent and Cape Town is its own kind of thing. It's a very, again, metropolitan city. A um, lot of similarities to Vancouver, San Francisco because of the ocean and the mountains. Um, so it's like a bit of European and, and a bit African. So it's also very unique within South Africa. Um, it's the only city that has winter rainfall and summer sun. The rest of the country is quite more tropical. Um, so even from like a, a weather point of view, it's more similar. Um, but I mean, the disparity and the, I don't know, the, there's basically parallel economies that exist in South Africa. And that stuff is is much different to Canada. I think that there's quite a lot more diversity in some ways in, in South Africa. Um, but I think also it being a European-ish city allows me to live here a lot easier than it would be to live in other parts of, of the region. You say, uh, you say two economies. What do you mean by that? Or parallel economies? Um, I guess in, in many ways, there's not the, there's, there's almost no, in, people would say there's almost no middle class in South Africa. Okay. So um, there's just like a, with the very high rates of unemployment um, and the history of apartheid, it's just meant that in many ways the country is quite divided. Um, and it's, it's almost bizarre how it, there's almost two different worlds coexisting um, somewhat tenuously mm. um, and, and also, you you see it, or or you can see it on a day to day basis. You don't. You can exist entirely in one world, or you can kind of straddle both, um, and that's also quite a an interesting way to live. I think. Now you mentioned that uh, you mentioned the weather patterns there. It's winter time down there right now, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but this afternoon it was sunny and really lovely out. Um, so. Cape Town's quite a moderate climate, I would say. So I'd say about eight months of the year, it's quite sunny. It's quite temperate. I'd say low 20s to mid 30s. Um, we do have a rainier season, which is right now. And you can have some quite big storms, especially being on the tip of a continent. Um, so Cape Town also has a lot of wind. Uh, it's known for its wind. It's a it's a, a kite surfing mecca. Um, but it's a much easier climate to exist in, in some ways, than Canada. But there is snow. Every once in a while, there's snow, and other people will be like, oh, I'm sure, like, like, why don't we all go drive four hours to see a bit of snow? And I'm like, let's not. I don't understand why we would do that. <laughs> yeah, it's different when you've been surrounded by it your whole life. The houses can be colder here. So I, I, I remember thinking that like I've never been colder than I have been in Cape Town in some ways because they're not built for cold you know so um yeah it's, it's different than Canada in that way now you mentioned uh you, obviously you moved there at, at a rather young age um and maybe the intent wasn't to stay what was the reaction of your family uh when you told them hey I've <laughs> met a guy and we're going to start a life here together yeah um I think my my dad had this like quite a joke like you know you must you must spread your wings and see the world and then when I said like this is where I'm gonna go he was like he he took out like the globe that was in the living room our whole lives and kind of spun it and was like yeah so I'm trying to not take it personally that you're basically <laughs> going to the furthest place from where you grew up <laughs> um, and I think I mean my family's been incredibly supportive they they visit quite often and. Uh, 
my husband's family is all Cape Town based, so we have a large support network here, and um, they get it. But I, it, it was also, I don't think it was a shock. I mean, I think it's something they've grown, they grew accustomed to. And I think, you know, Canada's a big place. Just because you live in Canada, it doesn't mean you see your family all that frequently. True. Um, and I think that's been something that's quite interesting for me. Like I, all my, most of my friends from university also weren't from the city where I went to undergrad. And so they all left again after undergrad. And now my Canadian network is spread across the country. Um, and so in some ways I see my family as much as some Canadians see their family. Um, but we just pay quite a Well, we, I don't know if we pay more for plane tickets. We're just on planes for longer. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think the, the difference in price would be that that dramatic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's more of the, you have more jet lag. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So, you accrue more air miles. So uh, obviously based in Cape Town um, and, and living in, in South Africa, how much of of the continent have you been able to explore? Not much. I mean, it is it is a big continent. So I've I've seen most of the I've been to most countries in the region, um, but I wouldn't say I've seen very much of them. I've seen South Africa in quite a lot of detail, especially compared to many South Africans. I had a a job that had offices in six of the nine provinces, so I've seen quite a lot of quite a lot of the country itself and and done quite a lot of holidaying around the country. Um, but I definitely would like to do more travel with on the continent. Um, but then it's similar to Canada or analogous in the sense that it's extremely expensive to mm-hmm. travel within the continent, right? So it's much more expensive to fly halfway up the continent than it is to fly to London. And you need time. I mean, there's a big, there's a big emphasis on needing time to travel in Africa. So that's as a luxury as well. And I imagine it's not that easy when you've got, you know, little kids in tow either. <laughs> oh, I mean, traveling with little kids is its own bucket of challenges. Um, but yeah, I think, again, it's also part of the expat lifestyle. I mean, I think we spend a large amount of our holiday time in Canada, right? So you also have to have to train up those things, Um but it's something that I would like to do and I would like to do more of with the kids as well. But again, it's also important that they see Canada and see their family there. Do do their grandparents and, and your family come to visit South Africa very often? So my my parents come relatively frequently. Um, my my father's parents are still alive and they have visited once. They're in their 90s now, so that's a bit much to ask of them. Um, so I see my family at kind of it depends on the intervals like this year I've been coming to Canada three times um twice for work so it's just working out fortuitously that way um so I again that's why I say I probably see them almost as frequently as many Canadians who don't live in the same place so my mom has come a number of times also around when the children were born and when I needed some extra hands um so yeah, it's worked out to quite often. And I imagine technology plays quite a, a large role in your life of staying in touch as well. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I know my Instagram feed is really irritating, but like I said, my 90-something-year-old grandma said that it's what keeps her alive. <laughs> so oh, man. You kind of feel an obligation to a post bit. a daily photo of your children, and it's, I mean, it's not that hard to do. <laughs> what are some of the big differences you've noticed between uh, life in Canada as you knew it and, and life in Cape Town? 
Yeah, I think that I think that there's a few things, and I also think I reflect upon this quite a lot as as an expat and being away as long as I have. Um, I know when when we got married, I looked at um, how my how my husband would get citizenship in Canada, and there was like a sixty page PDF document to download on just the instructions for how it would work. And then I went to fill out the equivalent form on the South African government website, and the website link was broken. And I was like, this is just so typical of both systems. Like, one, there's this huge instruction manual, and the other link doesn't work. And it, it, I think it's like that. Um, we've also discussed like how there's different strategies in terms of getting what you need in terms of customer service in different countries, and that can be quite a useful way to ascertain the culture. So in, in Canada, if you if something isn't working for you or you don't like um, the way you're being treated, you can just say, but it's not fair. <laughs> and and people, people will lose their mind and they will freak out and they will make sure that you think it's fair. And here, if you say, it's just not fair, they'll say, yeah, I know, life here is not fair. <laughs> like <laughs> that holds no currency, that holds no weight. You really have to be more demanding in many ways. And everything here is somewhat negotiable, like insurance is negotiable and... I just I still find that strange. I just want to know how much something is. I don't want to negotiate every single component of my lifestyle. That would be very strange, I think, for a Canadian to have to do that. Yeah, yeah, it is it is very strange. It actually just doesn't work. I just get someone else to do it for me. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my next question, like how good of a negotiator have you actually become, but it sounds like uh Oh, no, no, no. I just enlist the help of others. I think I've become better at that. <laughs> What about things that uh, that you miss about Canada, either, you know, stuff that you used to do and experience or things that you want your kids to do and experience? Is this the bacon question? <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> bacon. Um, I mean, you realize, again, like the things that I miss in Canada, they're like extremely superfluous, almost like Americana culture things like Slurpees and Reese's Pieces and craft dinner. I mean, pierogies was a, is a big thing. I miss pierogies a lot. And I had a very good Canadian friend who repatriated who used to make pierogies here for us, which mm. was like unbelievable. Um, but I think that I've managed to, in many ways, like I've, I have quite a lot of expat friends that have just, that's just happened organically. Um, most of them, North American expat friends as well. So, I mean, we celebrate a lot of things together. So Halloween is something I miss and Thanksgiving. And we're slowly kind of carving out our own traditions with those things. I mean, Halloween is still funny because not a lot of people do it. Um, and if they do Halloween, they largely do it still as like scary, like goblins and ghosts and witches. So if we dress, like we've dressed our daughter up as like Cookie Monster and they were like, we don't even understand who the Cookie Monster is. <laughs> or one year she was a Starbucks cappuccino and I was like, okay, these are just way too cultural. These are, this is not helping, helping the cause. But we, we go to a Halloween party that an American friend has. We try and celebrate Thanksgiving. It often ends up being somewhere between Canadian and American Thanksgiving and that, and that works. And the turkeys are actually usually from the United States. Really? Which is quite strange. Yeah. Turkey is not big here at all. It's not, it's not, you can't find it that easily. Um, so I miss those, I miss those holidays. Yeah, I think that, but I think you can, you also, I've 
reflect a lot at a lot as with having children that have Canadian passports and Canadian citizenship. Like, what are my obligations as a Canadian in terms of educating them on what is Canadian? Um, I get Maclean's magazine delivered. I mean, it's quite late in terms of <laughs> when it gets delivered. I'm still waiting for the Albertan NDP election issues. Um, but what's I, I hope by osmosis, those just being around the house, that eventually they'll start reading them as I did growing up. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. Interesting. So a little bit of food, a little bit of culture. Um, yeah. You mentioned uh, an expat community. Uh, I'm curious about specifically if there is a large Canadian expat community where you are. So I don't... I don't know how big it is. I think that they've uh, centralized the embassy into Pretoria, which is one of the capital cities in South Africa. So that's not where I live. So I don't go to like Canadian events or anything like that. Um, most of my Canadian friends here have been through links with the university. So because um, there's a lot of academic links with South Africa. Um not a lot of Canadians anymore. And unfortunately, my good Canadian friends have kind of moved on often to maybe back to Canada or to other countries. So I find myself left with kind of wanting a couple Canadian friends here. Um, but also if you're a, like, if you're like, I'm not sure if I'll move back to Canada, but I don't, something else that happens is you meet Canadians and you get quite excited. Um, but then you find out how long they're staying for. And if they're not, <laughs> staying for very long you just kind of move on because I'm also it, it gets really hard to make strong friendships with people who are here for a short period of time um, and so that's also been quite it's quite interesting I think <laughs> for sure are, are you uh, so you've been in Cape Town for a while now are, is, are there plans for you and your family to see other parts of the world at all or, or is Cape Town home for the foreseeable future I think Cape Town will always be a base, um, especially because my my husband's from here. Um, but I think his mom was also an expat. She was also from New Zealand. So the theory is just keep it in the Commonwealth. Um, <laughs> but you all, I, we do think about moving somewhere else at some stage for some amount of time. And we also, we have great luxury with our visa situation. So with me having a Canadian passport and the kids having Canadian passports and my husband also having a New Zealand passport, there's quite a lot of countries that are open to us quite easily. So we also don't feel like we are here indefinitely, but we don't feel it like we have to make a plan. We could move quite easily if we wanted to do so. What about the uh, the experience of being a, a white person in in a in a country like South Africa that's had apartheid and and all of these things? Uh, what has that part of the experience been like? It's an ongoing part of the experience. I think um, I'd, I've always found the race discussions in South Africa very interesting. Um, I, I had a job once with where I, a lot of my black colleagues were upset with a lot of the white colleagues. And, and I remember them saying to me, one of the, my colleagues defending me and being like, but Anna can't be a racist. She's Canadian. She wasn't even here. And I was like, yeah, um, I, like that's not really the reason I would like you to think that. I, I would hope that it would have to do with the fact that you've known me for some time, but if you want to go on the basis that I'm Canadian and therefore that defines me, like I'm happy with that in in this con conversation. Hmm. Um, I think what's what's less well known. I mean, South Africa's history does have like a very 
very strong racial element and it very much persists today. But what's less well kind of known or discussed is the, uh, the gendered element to it. I think that there's also a lot of um, kind of women's rights and the role of, of females here that I didn't recognize before I came here. I mean, my example is that traditionally female professions like teaching and nursing are quite poorly paid and they're not part of um, tertiary institutions. They're not trained at universities. They're trained at like teaching colleges and nursing colleges. Hmm. Um, and just that women's rights here are somehow, I didn't expect them to be like as behind or as kind of stalled in some ways as they are. Like it, they're also, I don't know, something I think about. My, my example is that when you get married here as a woman, your surname automatically changes to that of your husband's at home affairs. And I just find that as a Canadian, I'm like, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. Like, why should, why should the default be that your name changes? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so I, I think I, in some ways I, that I feel that often as well, not just the, not just the race issue. And then when you say that's not fair, people say, yeah, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're like, but life's not fair. How long have you been here? You'll know that. (laughs) Well, it sounds like a very interesting place to live. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting. And I think that's part of the huge appeal. Like I also work in public health and there's some very big public health issues that you're allowed to interface with on a daily basis. And that's exciting. Um, my other exci- interesting story was that, you know, going to U of A and, and living in Edmonton, I never once met someone who aspired to live in Saskatchewan. <laughs> We've met lots of people from Saskatchewan, but no one from U of A would proudly declare that that was their plan, you know? Yeah. And within a week of being in Cape Town and being at the medical school campus of the university here, I met some med students who were like, yeah, I'm going to move to Saskatchewan one day. And I was like, <laughs> what? What do you mean you're going to move to Saskatchewan? I mean, they couldn't pronounce it. It was kind of like that proclaimer's song. But there's a lot of South Africans that very much aspire to be in Canada. And so that's something that I I face quite often, quite a perplexed look about why am I here? Like, we are supposed to be moving there. So that's, it's it's interesting. It is interesting. (laughs) So your work is part whatever your job is and part being an ambassador for Saskatchewan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, un- unofficially. Yeah. Unofficially, I tell them, like, what an amazing role South African doctors play in the Canadian system. Well, there you have it. Even if Canadians don't think so, there are people out there in the world who aspire to a better life in the land of the living skies. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself. And let's create this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. If you like this episode, do me a big favor and leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks.